Welcome to Set Squared Downloaded, the podcast brought to you by Set Squared, the global number one university business incubator. In the latest edition of Set Squared Downloaded, Amy Grinstead spoke to one of Set Squared's top 50 entrepreneurs, CEO and co-founder of Fresh Relevance, Mike Austin. Fresh Relevance has developed a marketing platform for online retailers that lets them control customer experience across email, mobile and web. It utilizes real-time marketing tools, including web personalization, live image personalization of email campaigns, and triggered messages. Amy spoke to Mike about the company's successful journey from startup to scale-up, its work with SetSquared, and how it's tackling the post-Brexit landscape. So I'm talking today to Mike Austin at Fresh Relevance. Hi, Mike. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So could you tell us a bit about what you do at Fresh Relevance um, and tell us a bit about the business? So I'm CEO at Fresh Relevance, a marketing technology company uh, set up a few years ago, launched uh, commercially in 2013, and we work with online retailers and help to increase their sales. So how did you identify a need for this? Was it something, were you working in the retail industry previously or was it something that you could see that was was needed within industry? My previous business was an email marketing company. It was one of the first email marketing companies in the UK. We set up in 2000. Then um, we grew that, we merged with another company and eventually we sold it in 2011. And as we moved along that journey, particularly towards the end of that time, sort of 2010, 2011, we we kept coming up across retailers who were starting to operate online or were expanding their online operations and were finding lots of difficulties with integrating with the existing marketing technology that was available at that time. So, for example, they had maybe an e-commerce system that was that handled their sales. They had a, an email marketing system that um, handled the, the email marketing. They had maybe a, um, a marketing analytics database that was separate. And all of these systems were separate. And so when right. they wanted to do things that to a marketer seemed quite simple or should be quite simple, like cart abandonment emails, for example, it actually turned out to be really difficult to implement that because the data was all over the place, the systems didn't talk together, it was very hard to do anything in real time because of the way you know everybody had to do data extracts and so everything was out of date. So we'd, we'd seen this over and over uh, with different, uh, different retailers and we set out to solve that solution and provide a service that would make it easy for retailers to, to deliver that kind of real-time marketing. So it really pulls everything together for people who are doing both on the, the marketing and the retail side. And, and I guess it, it helps across teams, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, we, uh, we we not only handle the technology part of that, so putting together the different data, integrating it, making it all work together seamlessly and easily. But we also often um, end up being a tool that, uh, that works for, for different parts of the business. So, for example, quite often we work with the, um, the email marketer maybe the, the digital marketer who's interested in customer acquisition, maybe the CRM manager who's interested in the, the behavior of people and how they act online and offline. And you know all these different um, constituents, uh, so people doing marketing analytics as well, you know, looking at the data feeds that we provide about behavior of shoppers, what they're doing, you know, how they're interacting with the brand online and offline. Well, I know that you personally, Mike, I know that you refer to yourself as a serial entrepreneur. I'm wondering, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way and what are some of the challenges that you've had to face? 
there's always lots of different challenges as you build a business, um, and it goes through different different types of challenge depending on the the size and stage of the business. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're first starting out, I think one of the most difficult things to get right is to to choose the right business to embark upon. So. In the case of this business, we, we, we deliberately set out to choose um, based on past experience. And I, I, I used um, a lot of inputs to that. For example, the, the books by Christensen, you know, who talks about disruptive innovation and, and looking at the markets that were out there. And as part of the process of deciding what we were going to do this time round, we came up with something like 100 different ideas for businesses that we could get involved in. Uh, that was mostly in, in in software, pure software businesses, but you know, still the hundred. And we then whittled that down, looked at uh, you know most of those in not very much detail. You know, we looked at them and said, well, not sure that's a big enough opportunity, or not sure that's that's going to be viable, or not sure people are going to pay enough for that. And came up with a short list of a few, which we then tried out with contacts in the um, in the industry. Because obviously, I haven't been in, in digital marketing for a while. You know, we have a lot of contacts we tried out on some agencies and some other people that, that we knew and the the, the online retail idea with was, was by far the best received of, of the shortlist so we then engaged on it you know and the thing is that doing that kind of testing and thinking up front is is much much cheaper than when you've actually started to build the business uh, or build the product you know by which point you've spent you know a lot of time a lot of money on the business and you become more wedded to it so I think that's something that's very important to do early on. That's really exciting. So I, I guess it's learning those lessons about when, when you need to be agile and when you need to be able to pivot if it seems like something's not working or you've identified a new market or something like that. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, as I, so I've been talking about the very early stage, but um, after a couple of years, you know, in most businesses, you find that actually what you're doing is not quite right. And so then you have to to recognize when it's time to persist and get through the, uh, the hurdles and when it's time to actually pivot and do something slightly different. It sounds like a great business journey so far. I know you recently received some investment for Fresh Relevance. How did this come about and what will you be using the investment for to grow the business? With well, Fresh Relevance, we set out initially to, to grow using some seed capital from the previous business. So the, myself and co-founders put in that seed round so we didn't, from day one, have to go out and get external funding, and and that okay. was and that was great in a lot of ways because it gave us the ability to to grow, obviously to minimise our dilution when we when we raised money, to take a, a a careful, measured approach to growing the business, to make sure that we'd got the business right, that we were serving the right market, that we were growing, and that we were ready to take investment, because because one of the things that's quite clear is if you take investment too early, then you may try and inflate a business that actually isn't working quite right so so it's better to wait until you've got the business ready for that scale before you, you take investment so that's what we did and we, we we've been reviewing investment for um, you know at least annually for the last three years as to you know are we ready are we ready are we ready and last autumn we decided you know yes we are because everything seems to align so the the business is growing growing at a very healthy rate we had good client retention, good sales processes in place. You know, we had the, 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 the kernels of um, all the different teams, all the different functions within the business. So we said, okay, well, our, the main thing that's restricting us now is the amount of cash we have. Because growing a business without sort of major funding, you're always cash constrained. So all the decisions you make pretty much are about managing cash. 
You know, so you, you, you can't yeah. you can't make the sort of big decisions to say, okay, we're going to go out and hire three, five salespeople. You know, we're, we we can't go out and spend money on marketing. We can't do open up new territories because you always have to look towards managing cash so that, so that you, you you stay solvent for the next couple of months. And that's the reality of going a um, an early stage business. So the the answer for us was to go out and um, and look for a venture capital partner who was going to join us on that join us on that journey and provide us with the money to invest in sales and marketing and and more generally to take a more strategic view. Well, as you say, Fresh Relevance has been a business since um, since 2013, and obviously you're receiving this um, investment, and you started with your your own seed capital. It's it's fair to say that Fresh Relevance is moving from being a startup to being a scale up. Does this feel very different to you? Do you see suddenly that you have different challenges and different opportunities in this model? Yes, I mean, there will be. You know, up to now, the company's been sort of 20, up to 25 people recently. So, you know, we're not a micro business anymore, but it has been still very much a small business. And we're beginning to to evolve, as you say, through the sort of scale-up process. So by the end of this year, we'll be about 40 people, and that brings some challenges in. So, you know, we need to start thinking more about HR processes, admin support, you know, and all, all the, those kind of things that we've been handling you know because up to now they've not been a very significant amount amount of work but th- those begin to become important on a decision making basis I, I think as i've just been talking about you know, getting the this finance allows us to make more strategic decisions so we're able now to start thinking about those those longer term strategies you know in terms of pricing in terms of advertising marketing sales so it does become more about setting a strategy for that for that longer time scale rather than always doing the short term great it sounds like it's a very exciting time for the business definitely fresh relevance as a company is a set squared member and i just uh, wanted to have a chat with you a bit about how being a set squared member has benefited the company um i know you've been along to um, an investment showcase and you've been uh, named as one of set squared's top 50 in- entrepreneurs in 15 years which is a great accolade how else do you see set squared supporting the business I'd pick out a couple of things for Set Squared have been particularly helpful. I mean, just starting with the investment, it is something that's, although I've set up and run four businesses, I've never actually gone out to raise external VC fund, funding. Okay. So um, uh, Set Squared were great in providing some training sessions on that, both in the UK and helped to finance a, a market program out in, out in the USA, which um, also contained quite a large element of how to raise finance. So, you, you know, those were very good in terms of help, helping us to position the business to investors, helping to present pitches, you know, and all those kind of training and uh, readiness aspects to it. And then the the investment raising event was was great, and we met up with with Foresight, who have invested in the business at at that event. So you know that was um, that, that 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 was a great introduction from that. Uh, we met with quite a few investors at that event in fact and um, you know had discussions with with, with with a number of those ongoing so that was um, that was very helpful well, that's great so there could be even more in the pipeline for you yeah. fundraising is always a process not yeah. a one-off event I mean Foresight are very supportive they indicate they'll be very supportive and we're not currently looking to raise more finance but you know as the business continues to grow you know depending on in which direction we go and then yes you know and there may, may be further fundraising rounds in the future 
Absolutely. You mentioned just a minute ago talking about Set Squared, about how you went out to the US and you, you were looking at, at you know, um, kind of strategies and, and marketing out there. Is that something that's on your growth plan? Is, is the US a, a territory that you're looking to take on with the business? Yeah, no, very, very, very much so. Um, so that was last May. And it was a great program that we went on, as I say, financed by uh, by, by, by Set Squared, and it was it was really useful. It introduced us properly to the market. We, we've been selling in the states for a few years, but on a very very small scale. Just really, you know, customers finding us over the web or a couple of resellers who operate out there. You know, and even though we've not been paying the U.S. market much attention, we've got about 30 clients. So it was pretty key, pretty pretty clear to us that you know there's a great opportunity there. Definitely. Um, and so that was that was really a, a a fantastic way to explore the market, and throughout the rest of last year we continued to make plans we and, and put things in place. So we put in place the, the customer contracts, which of course had to be different. We set up the um, the American subsidiary, U.S. bank accounts, all those things to get ready. And we've we've just a couple of weeks ago hired our first U.S. salespeople. Great. Well, on a, a slightly uh, slightly different note, but a bit similar, there's been a lot of talk recently about how business might change for entrepreneurs since Brexit. I wondered how the effect has been for you, whether you've seen less or more interest from investors. It sounds like you're, you've got a good, a good level of, inve- of um, interest from investors at the minute. Is it something that you've seen a major change since the, um, the, the referendum announcement? We started the the investment raising process last process last November, and Brexit didn't really come up as an issue in in that context. I have seen a couple of areas where it is potentially potentially changing things. When I know that Berlin, for example, have been making major plays for UK startups to relocate there, and there's a oh. number of um, a, num- a number of programs going on to encourage that. So that's that's quite interesting. Yeah. The other thing we're beginning to see is concern and questions from clients about how data protection issues will affect affect us once the UK leaves the EU. Because obviously as a UK-based marketing technology provider, we deal with personal information and we're very much uh, compliant with all of the EU legislation. So for example, we've recently announced that we'll be shortly be compliant with the GDPR regulations that come out next year. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're well ahead of the curve on that, but, but, but clients who operate across Europe are, to some extent, Concerns that um, you know as to how data protection legislation will be affected by Brexit, and that's something that there's been very little comment on from from the government or from the EU. So it's, it's, it's that kind of uncertainty that I think is is affecting us more than anything. It's uh, it's just another set of questions and hurdles we need to get over. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess at the minute, while it is still, still so uncertain, it it can seem a bit more more challenging than it can positive if um, you're trying to figure out the way as you go. It is. And so, you know, we, we, we have made a number of public statements about this, for example, that if it becomes necessary, then we'll set up an EU-based office to um, to handle the data of um, clients who prefer that. So, I mean, that's not something we're doing right now, but it is something that's a, that is a possibility, depending on how the, uh, the Brexit negotiations go. Oh, sounds like you've got a lot to be considering over the next couple of years for, for the business. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you very much for joining in with the Set Square Downloaded podcast today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this edition of Set Squared Downloaded. To find out more about Set Squared and the programmes it offers, visit www.setsquared.co.uk. To stay up to date with the programmes we offer, follow us on Twitter at Set Squared. 
And don't forget to subscribe to Set Square Downloaded on iTunes to make sure you never miss an episode.